0: Welcome to the Sunday edition of CNN 5 Things. I'm David Ryan. When you hear about hurricane-force winds, you probably think of places like Florida or Mississippi or Louisiana, you know, places that usually see hurricanes. You probably don't think of Missouri or Colorado. Well, last Wednesday, Colorado reported wind gusts of over 100 miles an hour. Air traffic controllers at Kansas City International Airport had to briefly evacuate the tower due to the high winds. And Minnesota saw its first-ever December tornado, just days after a series of twisters decimated other parts of the Midwest and South. 50 reports of tornadoes in Arkansas, Illinois, Indiana, Kentucky. One tornado reportedly on the ground in Kentucky for more than 200 miles. That system cut a path across eight states, killing dozens, including at least 77 people in Kentucky.
1: We are trapped. Please, y'all, get us some help. We're at the candle factory in Mayfield.
0: So let's go there now and spend five minutes with CNN's Bryn Gingrass, who has been on the ground in the hard-hit town of Mayfield for days now. So Bryn, what was this like for people based on the conversations you've been having there?
2: Uh, It was incredibly traumatizing, honestly. Um, You have to remember, this is December. Most people are sort of accustomed in some ways to uh, tornadoes, but not in December. They come in the spring, typically. And even in the spring... You know, a lot of people have been telling us, you hear the sirens for the tornadoes, and you, 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 know, you don't ignore them, but you don't necessarily take cover because they happen so often. On that particular night, we actually were told by many people there were several tornado warning uh, sirens that went off, and um, they didn't really know to take cover until many cases they heard it on the news, and that's mm-hmm. when most people actually decided to take this very seriously, and thank goodness they did. So yeah, just show me, you guys were hunkering down here. Oh my gosh. And while we were in Mayfield, we were talking to so many people uh, who took cover immediately and really only had seconds, minutes to spare. And we talked to this young couple who was home with their six-year-old daughter. And, you know, they were kind of funny about it, actually. They said that they were going back and forth. Do we just go into the bathroom or do we actually go into this small crawl space that they have underneath their house? My suggestion was to go to the bathroom. Um, That's right on the other side of that window. Um... So he made the right decision, <laughs> obviously. And the um, gentleman said that he, he won that conversation. They decided to leave the front door of the house and go to the back.
0: The air pressure was in my ears. My ears were popping.
2: And so he and his girlfriend and their six-year-old daughter hunkered down in this little dark crawl space. This door here is what kept us alive, basically. And he held this door shut. From this storm with just a lanyard from his college um, wow. those little lanyards that have yeah your, your identification attached to it
0: I held it so tight and my fingers went numb
2: <laughs> and he just said he just held it shut and it felt like the force of ten men were holding that door and all the while his girlfriend is just saying don't let
0: go this little piece of wood saved our lives and a lanyard Wow, that's incredible. Um, So can we talk about the candle factory there in Mayfield? This got a ton of attention because at first we knew there were people working inside and we thought there would be this enormous death toll. And and people did, unfortunately, die inside when the place kind of collapsed. But we know that there were a lot more that um, have since been accounted for. So that's obviously good news. What have we learned about what it was like inside that factory when the tornado came through?
2: Yeah, we've heard many different accounts from workers who who were there. Remember, we're talking about more than a 100 people were inside this huge factory, which is a big part of this community. A lot of people work there. And they have even more employers at this time of year because they're trying to fill these Christmas orders. Right. And we actually heard that there was a, a warning siren that happened in the morning. Um, And there was sort of a drill of where you should go when this tornado happened, if in a tornado would come by. And then, of course, the one that happened that evening uh, was only, you know, not long—ten minutes maybe—before the tornado actually blew through. And when you heard that, what happened next?
1: When, when I heard that, everybody's to go to—it's—it's it's like an evacuation area, or you know.
2: We were told by workers that they all rushed to sort of the center the of the building by the bathrooms. And uh, the managers were quickly trying to take headcounts of who was there. And it was difficult because some people wanted to leave. Some people were trying to figure out if they should stay. Did you feel safe in that room?
1: Well, I didn't feel safe in that room. No, I didn't.
2: We talked to this one gentleman really who... Uh, he's a janitor there, and he was going to go home, but his son told him just to stay,
1: and so he listened to his son. As soon as I walked in, that wall just came straight down.
2: Collapsed on you.
1: It hit me in the head.
2: And an interior wall of that candle factory ended up folding on top of him. But that it wasn't even the worst of it, if you think about it. So he got crushed by that wall, but on top of that as the storm went past him people were trying to escape
1: they were walking on top on the debris and when they were doing that it was pushing my chest flat so it was it was really difficult to breathe
2: and so people were stampeding him oh gosh on on top of him on all of this wreckage people who
0: didn't know that there were survivors underneath
2: there were multiple survivors he said that he had multiple people next to him that he was trying to talk to
0: me and the one other
1: guy were the ones that were saying, "You're walking on me. You're walking on me." And then I don't know if they walked on him one too many times or what, but I never heard him again. So I I don't know. So
2: his story was heartbreaking, but an incredible story of survival.
0: Yeah, definitely amazing that he survived. I, I guess my question is, you know, we had heard in the days before the storm that there was this possibility of you know, severe weather like this. But I guess why was, you know, why were so many people still left vulnerable, you know, like the people in the candle factory or people just kind of caught unaware hearing about it on the news when it was basically too late?
2: Yeah, I think there's sort of mixed messages there as to what we're hearing. Some people are really frustrated with that candle factory that they weren't evacuated or allowed to go home even earlier or not come in to work for the shift right. in the evening but i think all everyone is sort of in agreement that this is now becoming a new normal and it's terrifying for them what now for you
1: what now for me well i have i have a road to go down of recovery
2: But there's so much resiliency in this town, even just from the gentleman I spoke to from his hospital bed. uh, He he has nerve damage throughout his entire body. The left side of his body isn't even functional right now, but he told me he's ready to go back to work.
1: That's what I wanna do, that's what I do best. You wanna go back to work? Yeah, I wanna work.
2: At the candle factory again?
1: Well, not that one. (laughs)
2: And there have been so many people, it's been incredible, who just come into this town and neighboring towns and just volunteer and are helping pick up whatever debris they can, helping board up windows. Of course, the National Guard is on the ground as well.
1: It really hurts because I love Mayfield and I wouldn't live anywhere else. So I'm going to stay here and start again.
2: And that's what they are expecting is to rebuild. But it's a scary time to be living in this part of the country. And, and certainly it's, it's something that, that's going to take a long time for these people at Mayfield to recover from.
0: Yeah, definitely a long, long road ahead for these folks. CNN's bringing gingress on the ground there at Kentucky. Thanks for bringing us their stories. Thank you. And if you want to learn more about how you can help storm victims there in Kentucky and beyond, head over to cnn.com impact. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Here's something else to pay attention to this week. On Friday, we could see a space launch years in the making. After multiple delays and technical setbacks, the James Webb Telescope is scheduled to hitch a ride on board an Ariane 5 rocket from Europe's spaceport in South America. The massive telescope features a mirror that can extend to just over 24 feet long. Experts say it'll use reflected light to capture images from previously unseen parts of space. If all goes well, we'll see the first results later next year. The Sunday edition of CNN 5 Things is produced by Paolo Ortiz and me, David Rind. Our production manager is Matt Dempsey. Our senior producer is Muhammad Darwish. Our supervising producer is Greg Peppers. And the executive producer of CNN Audio is Megan Marcus. We'll be back next Sunday. So if you're out and about returning that ugly sweater your uncle gave you for Christmas, you'll have something to listen to. And of course, our Five Things team will have the latest news for you all week long on your smart speaker or wherever you listen to podcasts. Talk to you later.